come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my world. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Debbie. I'm your polter guide, Mac. I'm your polter guide, Donna. And we're all the dead kids, and we want to meet you. I knew I'd get it in. I knew it. <laughs> Adrian said she was stopping on the side of the road to, to grab some balloons on her way in. Mm-hmm. So she's a little From late. the special balloon company that prints uh, Turn Back Now. Yeah. <laughs> I want a company that's just printing vaguely discouraging things on balloons. Right, like, yeah. You're only getting older. <laughs> this is good life advice. <laughs> wait, wait. I have a version. Adrian followed a clown into the sewers and we haven't seen her since. I think we used that. That totally sounds like something Adrian would do. used that on Snark when she wasn't there the same weekend it came out. Oh. That's a different one though. Yeah. Different yeah. podcast. Oh well. Different different universes. She would have done it both times. Yeah. Anyway. It, 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 canon, it works. <laughs> <laughs> we accept this head canon. This is what's going on. So if you haven't figured it out, we have watched the 1990 uh, miniseries of Stephen King's It. Both parts. Both parts. Stephen King's It? <laughs> I mean, kings it. Two kings of... He just it. He just it's it. It's just yeah. it. But we want. That's what we watch this week. And um, so, do we want to go around? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Sure. Um, I did like it. The first time I watched it, I thought it was really cheesy. I thought the whole thing was really super cheesy. Now, mind you, I watched it, the first time I watched it was as an adult. I had never seen it as a child. I have never had any clown issues. I love clowns. Uh, shout out to Hi Bye and Muskogee because he's been a clown like all of my life from, you know, one of the Shriners. Um, that, that distresses me, that whole sentence. <laughs> it gives me very palpable anxiety. If you met Hi Bye, you would like him too. I doubt it. <laughs> I think I'd make a point of not doing so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, this time around, I liked it a lot more, and um, I mean, yeah, I liked it. I also have not read the book at all, so if that means anything to any of you. All right, back. Um, there are parts of it that work. There are parts of it that don't. I'd say in a not without commercials, three-hour-long movie, maybe twenty minutes at various points works. And there's a particular cast member in all of those 20 minutes. And I'll let you guess who. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to guess. I'm going to ask. Yeah. That's who that's Tim Curry. No, oh, that's the part that works? That's the part that works. Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. Tim, Tim Curry. Curry's performance. And a few other things, and we'll get into that. Yeah, Tim Curry makes everything better. Right. Um, I, I watched this, I think when it came out, I think I watched it. The book is really big, you guys. It is. The book is like... Three inches thick. I mean, it is a big book. Um, In, with, keep going. I'm going to look up the audio time on it. Okay. And I had read it before I saw the miniseries the first time. And I remember being really disappointed in the miniseries because I felt like it did not adapt the book really well. Since then, of course, I've watched the current Chapter 1 movie. And it definitely doesn't hold up compared to the movie that might be unfair comparing a movie made 25 years later. But uh, the audiobook is 44 hours and 55 minutes. Yeah. So um, 
I mean, I enjoyed it. There was a nostalgia factor to it. I had some issues with it. And incidentally, I inadvertently watched the two halves backwards. I watched part <laughs> two first and then was like, that's not right, and watched part one. So I, when, I, when I criticize maybe some of the pacing... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe don't criticize the pacing. They killed the monster and then it came back again. <laughs> what is wrong with you? And at the end of part two, they just made it go to sleep. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, I enjoyed it, but it's not really good. No. If that makes sense. So, I did see this when it came out. My brother and I both watched it. We were 12 and 6. Uh, <laughs> I was 6. No, we were 12 and 7, excuse me, because I can't math this morning. And it was it was event television for both of oh, us absolutely. when this came out, and I enjoyed it then. Um, I'm kind of on the same page you are, Mac. That watching it now as an adult, some of it works, mm-hmm. some of it doesn't. Some, some of, of it, it really doesn't doesn't hold up. Some of yeah. it uh, does, and it's Curry. Yeah, Curry is the glue. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, and I think y'all are. Devaluing or misvaluing Jonathan Brandis. Oh no, no! I have a whole section talking <laughs> I, about him. I'm going to say Teen so. Heartthrob. Jonathan yes, Brandis. we will talk about Jonathan and Brandis. we will we will get to Mr. R.I.P. But middling actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, I and I I didn't read the book until probably twenty years later. To I finally was like okay this is I'm gonna read the book but no I mean it's enjoyable it's 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 definitely a nostalgia watch and it's really if you're a Curry fan this is you should watch this I want to give full credit to both adaptations for not including the child orgy scene now here's an interesting (laughs) fact what I read in IMDb. There is an interview with Tommy Lee Wallace where he claims, and maybe just idly claims, that the big reason they didn't they didn't include that was not because it's awful, not because yeah. it's 1990 and it's going to be on TV, but because of time constraints. Oh God! And I'm like, no, <laughs> just don't. That would be Stephen King's cocaine talking. I would yeah. say. <laughs> I want to. My my one real complaint. Real genuine complaint was, oh my god, I hated the way all the men touched Beverly. Yeah, they were all over her, and it was very distressing. Because yes. listen, I have a lot of male friends. I have my whole life, I have had a lot of male friends, and there is not a one of them that touches me that way. Which lends credence to the fact that he wanted to include that child or she seen and ran out of time. Exactly. Not sense. Not standards and practices. Time. time. I, I had one note where uh, John Ritter is giving her a back rub. I'm like, Ben, does, did she ask for that back rub? <laughs> <laughs> my thing, the back rub was, I was, wasn't as disturbed by it as the fact that when Bill sees Beverly and that smooch he lays on her, I'm like, whoa. Like, Audra, like, yeah, she's coming yeah. back. <laughs> Time out here. She's still alive. She's not even comatose at yeah. this point. <laughs> I just I just need you to back up, buddy, just a little bit. Yeah. That was that was my Beverly yeah. note there. No, I mean they were touching her face. They were they, they yeah. had arms around her. Um it was it was disturbing. Even my most physically affectionate male friend. 
does not touch me that way. All right, so I'm going to backpedal just real fast to say what I am. If anyone that doesn't oh, know gosh. what what <laughs> this is about, oh, in the I have I I saw the movie when it oh, parts of the movie, and we'll get to that in the rule um, when it originally aired, uh, and have read the book twice, and of course seen chapter one. All right, so our good buddies at IMDb. What? What? I mean, before you get into them. Okay. Let me just Den say... of lies. <laughs> yes. Also that. Um, this movie was a non-musical Pagliacci starring Tim Curry and special guest appearance by John Boy's Mole. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. We're done. That mole is, is there. I mean, it's like 3D, yo. It is. It is a <laughs> second build star. <laughs> so, I did love the little smudge they put on Jonathan Brandis. Just just the tiniest <laughs> yeah. little smudge yes. on him. So, Max Dinalize IMDb is going to disagree with you. Naturally. And they're wrong. <laughs> Keep going. Hey, they at least have the correct picture, though. I doubt it. No, they do. I'm looking at it. It's curry and makeup, so yeah. Uh, it's and- from Legend. Come on, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In 1960, seven preteen outcasts fight an evil demon who poses as a child killing clown. 30 years later, they reunite to stop the demon once and for all when it returns to their hometown. Does he pose as a child-killing clown, or is he actually a like, p- child-killing clown? If you're dressed as a clown and you kill a child, you're a child-killing clown. I There's agree. no posing on that. It's not like, exactly. I'm going to kill a kid. Nah, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, no, 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 no. You know, they, they, they try. Oh, God. Okay. John Boy's mole. I'm <laughs> loving that. Hashtag John Boy's mole. But speaking of John Boy... How about that ponytail? Oh my gosh, oh. that was that was revolutionary. It was lush and glorious oh. and flowing and shiny. He couldn't even be bothered to put a rubber band in it. He didn't want he to did, break well, it. He did like a leather. It was like yeah, a leather strap like that really was tied. <laughs> if McAvoy doesn't have that ponytail in it, Chapter Two. Oh my god. I'm out. Oh okay. I'm I've already I've already checked out of chapter two because Fred Savage needed to play a grown Eddie Casper because the kid looked like Kevin Arnold and he's not. So it chapter two is a counterfeit chapter two. Planting but Bill the flag. Hader. Okay. Bill but, Hader. I I but no Fred Savage. I I proclaimed it walking out of the first viewing of chapter one. No Fred Savage. No chapter two. <laughs> All right, well, we'll just do All our right. biggest episode of the year without you then. Oh, I'll be there, but I'm doing it under protest. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Warner Brothers, <laughs> hey, it's me. <laughs> With another complaint letter. Roger Dunwhistle? <laughs> That's actually how he's going to sign it. Yeah. <laughs> sincerely, Roger Dunwhistle. It won't be sincerely Mac. <laughs> Roger Dunwhistle, PGA. <laughs> Suddenly, Roger Dunwhistle has a uh, three-picture deal at Warner Brothers. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen this way. <laughs> so let's let's jump into it. We've already kind of started with the Bev stuff. Real, yeah. real quick, um, this is kind of comparing, I guess, old to new. Um, in the new movie, or in the old movie, let me start with that. Um, did they? They didn't do as many. Um, references to children being killed or missing as in the new movie did they because 
Like they killed the one chick, uh, the girl at the beginning. Yeah. Was killed, but then was there was there were there any others? The 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 old movie like because one of the quotes I was gonna mm-hmm. uh, like we're all the dead kids and they, <laughs> so they're talking about it but it's not like in the new movie where the town is having the curfew that's very yeah. formalized yeah. although uh, Chief O'Hara from the old Batman TV show does show up and tell, tells them about the curfew mm. yeah. at the time like ah oh, yeah damn kids get out of here <laughs> I'm an Irish stereotype <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I, oh my god. Who's Chief O'Hara? <laughs> I mean, let, let me be honest. There's not a lot of negative Irish stereotypes, speaking as an Irish person. But but the Irish cop and the Irish drunk, come on, guys. Well, let me ask, okay, this is just my ignorance. Why is why is there an Irish cop stereotype? There actually is a, uh, and I'm, I forgive me for, for forgetting the details, it's been a while since I researched this, but it boiled down to the Irish were kept out of a lot of jobs. Yeah. And they kind of ended up in some of these physical jobs because of the um, the prejudice against the Irish. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Chief O'Hara becomes sort of a weirdly archety- archetypical cop from that TV show. and Science part of us. Commissioner, what are we going to do? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to call Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Where were we? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just, know, but I'm I mentioned Batman, Irish. and I just read an article about Batman's penis, and I was like, <laughs> oh, right, right. Because Batman's penis is face. the topic of the day. <laughs> I was, I, yeah, for just a second, I was like, oh, my God, what are you reading, Debbie? But then I remembered there's... Batman's penis is trending oh. on Twitter. Your face, the face you made is like emblazoned in my mind now. That was fantastic. I have no words for any of this conversation. <laughs> Surprisingly. Um, okay, so yeah. So ahead. yeah, this movie. Um, Less bat penis. Bat More Wayne. Irish cops. The okay. Bat Wayne. I presume it's prodigious. Or maybe it's not. Maybe that's why he does it. He just needs a, <laughs> maybe he's compensating. There's, there's cod pieces involved. It's <laughs> a oh point. All right, so this is not about Batman's penis, right? What are we talking about? Everything. We're talking about the miniseries now. Everything's a little bit about Batman's penis. Let's just make that ultimately true. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, holy fuck, Mac. Now I'm broken. All right. Okay, so I do like with this that the adult casting of this is very TV actors that are very prominent that this you would know. Yeah. This was like, kind of a 90s TV A-list. Yeah, cast. like this was what you would want, you know, because, I mean, you've got... Except for Eddie. I don't know who... Well, I, I say I don't know who the fuck that was. I looked him up. He's, he's an actor. He's an actor. Yeah. He's, he's a working actor, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, ever... Did you know that Jim Carrey was on the short list to play Eddie Casperant? And this was before he was... Jim Carrey, he was, you know, just the white guy in Living, in living Color. He would have been... Interesting. Good. Yeah. yeah. He, seems, he seems more like a Richie type, though. Now. Let's get into Richie. Because right. I don't... I love Harry Anderson. I love Night Court. I love Harry the Hat on Cheers. I don't think Harry Anderson was the right choice for I, Richie. I agree. Um, because Harry Anderson's not really a comic. He was a close-up magician that just wandered into a sitcom at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's good at comedy. Yeah. But also, um... But he's a name, though. He's a, he's a, a name. He's a nervous white guy, is what Harry Anderson is. Yes. And they needed... They, they Charismatic. Needed, 
Yeah. You know who would have been good at this point? Bob Saget. Yes. He would have done a great Richie Tozer. Yeah. And it would have been totally, it would have been right at the height of uh, Full House, and it would have been. Right, yeah. Very wheelhouse. interesting and very in his other wheelhouse, sort of the darker comic thing. Yeah. 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 But then okay. again, the same production company that does Full House did it Shut the TV up. movie. Why didn't they? I'm going to ask Bob Saget why they didn't approach him. <laughs> Dear Bob. <laughs> I'm sure they were like, it's a family show. We can't have him, you know, yeah. having a complete conniption fit on Sunday night and then on like Friday night have him be dad. Yeah. Yeah, but anyone that watched his stand-up back then knew. Right. As someone who shouldn't have seen his stand-up at that age. Yes. <laughs> I, I think Bob Saget would have been much better as Richie Tozer. I agree. I, I now kind of want, I wish that had happened. Now. Yeah. I love Harry Anderson so much. I do. He's great. He is wonderful, but you're right. That yeah. was... Night Court's a great, great show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's great. I did. Uh, now I forgot Ritter was in this. That John Ritter was in. This. Hello, John Ritter and your bolo tie. Yes. <laughs> when he came on, I was like, "Oh, John Ritter, yes, yeah. please, yes, please." Because I was always like, "Oh, John Ritter, I forgot you were." Oh. Yeah. You were good stuff. But and even the the first scene with Ritter is interesting. Because he's sort of trying to play him panicked and anguished, and I don't think that's the right color for John Ritter. No. no. Also, he goes through, he's got this lady in his apartment, and he talks about all these memories he has from childhood. And then Mike calls, and he's like, do you remember? And he's like, nope, don't remember anything. Like, <laughs> bullshit, Ben, you were just talking about all the shit that went on when you were a kid. Maybe that's he was talking about being a teenager, though. Hmm. Because Ben was still f- well, yeah. let me back up. His Ben was not fat. Ben was not the degree of fat that he no. described himself as being. He was stocky. I was exactly. He was a football player. He was a, yeah. he was a big yeah. kid, but then he yeah. goes on to describe himself as being a huge butterball. Yeah. And that kid, the kid that played Ben in the movie, he is a fat kid. Is, yeah. is a fat kid. No disrespect. No. no disrespect intended to you, yeah. but yeah. Um, but yeah, when he was talking about how he got bullied and then he lost all the weight, that would have been high school. Not yes, but no. He was talking about like uh, bet, bet, bet your bet your uh, he, he, there was some phrase. Bet your, bet your how is it? Bet your biff. Bet your bet your bet your something. Yeah, and and that was bet your fern. To, bet your fern. Bet your we fern. used to say that as kids. Of course, they don't say it as kids in the context of the movie. <laughs> yeah. But he's talking about all these things and. Mm-hmm. and it, what does that mean? Bet your fern. I have no idea. It, it's a polite way of saying bet your ass. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. Early 60s nonsense. Kennedy was <laughs> in office. We didn't know anything. Everything of, was ahead of us, and then Kennedy died, and we stopped saying bet your fern. Uh, I kind of want to bring bet your fern back. Because Let's do it. all around the grassy knoll were fern trees. Oh, That's geez. not true. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're now in room 237 territory. <laughs> Uh, did Wait. you guys see? I may edit this out. Did you guys see that a friend of mine posted and said that he's he loved Room Two Three Seven? No. <laughs> yeah. It's it's on Facebook. You yeah. can go respond yeah. to him if you want. Room Two Thirty Seven is <laughs> no. fine, but no. as long as you take it in the context. As long as you take it in the Gonzo context, yes. I think you're you're fine with it's, that. It's it's worth watching. Uh, agreed. Yes. All right. Enough about shining. Yeah. We got to move on. We have to move on. <laughs> I love uh, you, Shane. 
Seriously, the little Georgie was adorable. Yes, I, he, he was pretty was. good. He was the best kid actor. <laughs> I do not disagree with that, actually. Yeah. You know? And um, I was I was comparing him to current Georgie. I think current Georgie killed it. Yeah. This Georgie, though, I was like, hey, that's pretty dang good. Like, yeah. uh-huh. you know, at For, that time, I would have been like, yeah, that's an excellent. He was, yeah. He, yeah, he was and, that, and it's probably Pennywise's best scene. Like, very wise, Georgie. Yeah. Very wise indeed. <laughs> we were. Luke and I were laughing at that scene because it was like, he's got like a Bronx English accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that accent. It was, I don't know, but it was awesome. It was a, it was just a weird choice for an accent is all. There's a lot of weird choices, but mm-hmm. I do appreciate the line, speaking of, since we're talking about Curry now, the line that Curry does of that typical clown that slowly changes into menace. And like you get yeah. that full, you get that full buffet that first scene with Georgie, and right. it's—I mean, it's—it's it's a thing of beauty. And not even to say it's necessarily better, but Skarsgård does a different thing where he's sort of manically distressing mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah. There's not really the ramp up. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's—and that's one of the things. And I know I mentioned it on the movie podcast that I like with Skarsgård that he makes Pennywise his own. He doesn't yeah. try to copy. There's, Curry. there's no the and Venn he, diagram is. Yeah, uh, two different yeah. sheets of paper. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I really appreciate that. And I, but I, the, watching it this round, I was like, I love you so much, Tim Curry. I've always loved you. He's awesome. Here's the one actor I think really solidly does a great job from beginning to end, other than Curry. Tim Reed is Mike Hanlon. I think yeah. he's great. Mm-hmm. I think, and it, it, the version of Mike Hanlon in the movie. It, I mean, we don't really know Mike Hanlon as an adult in the new movie, but there's rumors, and then there's also the way they kind of set him up in the in the first part. Mike Hanlon is very different than in the book, mm-hmm. but in the miniseries, he's very close to the Mike Hanlon in the book. Yep. And Mike Hanlon was always my favorite character. Mm-hmm. I was I was I'm watching this, and I'm like, gosh, I wish this were a pilot for a Mike Hanlon library <laughs> paranormal detective show. <laughs> I did like the diary aspect. Yeah. It's come back. <laughs> I, I would watch the hell out of that show. Uh-huh. For a minute, I felt sorry for him because all of his lines were calling somebody and saying, it's back. Yeah. It's yeah. back. It's back like seven times or whatever. Okay. WKRP? In Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Venus Flytrap? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, but he was, he he wasn't Venus Flytrap in this. In right. This. He no. Was, this was like a completely different character. He, and he, I was, just he really was Black Night, Night Stalker. And he, it would have been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like you, I ought to watch the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been there every week. Every week. Get the get rid of the rest of them, just him in yeah. Derry figuring shit out. That's all right. That's a show that could have worked. All right, so do we want to address the Jonathan Brandis in the room? Let's talk about Jonathan Brandis. Okay. I'm going to start with Jonathan Brandis is way too cool to be young Bill Denbro. Yes. Okay. I, I didn't, are you talking I, about I will, in, I will provisionally agree to that statement. Okay. Are you talking about in relation to the book? or I'm talking about I mean, Bill Denbro is supposed to be a stuttering nerd. Nerd. Jonathan Brandis is Jonathan Brandis is never going to be believable as a nerd. He's just he's he, just not. To me, he seemed a little awkward though, um, and maybe maybe that was just kind of a little bit of awkward acting. Yeah, um, which I'm yeah. perfectly willing to yeah. point out. Mm-hmm. Um, like I totally had the teen crush on Tom, Jonathan Brandis, so oh, sure, I'm not you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, like he his acting was a little 
clumsy, I thought. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's just it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I agree that he was middle of the... Middle of the pack. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, he has that monologue where he kind of moves away from the rest of the Losers Club yeah. and he's like talking to it and he's like, you killed my brother, but let's see you now. Let's see you now. Hey. And I'm like, oh, hey. brother. Hey, that was community theater level. A- absolutely. It and was, it, he would have been the greatest star in community theater yeah. history. Yeah. But in the middle of that movie, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. He killed your brother. Now go back with your friends. Yeah. Go back and stand with them. It's safer but by them. It, it's so earnest that you... I, I had this image of the producers of Sequest DSV watching that and going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wesley Crusher of the Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I don't know how my little mini hand claps come across <laughs> on the mic, but... They were pretty fantastic. Okay. Uh, I I thought he was fine, you know, watching it from to start a, to adult eyes now. Yeah. Um, I I was not in Debbie's camp of Oh Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, Teen Crush, but yeah. um I you know, I was like, all right, he's alright, you know. So Now he was no Jonathan Taylor Thomas, let me just tell you. <laughs> in my crush wheel. Crush wheel. My crush wheel. <laughs> Picture this image of a massive wheel going down the street, crushing Jonathan Brandis and Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Michael Keaton. So for all you guys that are doing Back to Michael Keaton once more. Hashtag Batman's penis. Mac, keep it straight. Debbie has the wheel. I have the memory warehouse. Right, right, right. To be clear, Uh I don't need you to be fixated on Michael Keaton. talk more about Michael Keaton since you have joined our yes. podcast than I have in a very long time. Most people say they've talked more about Michael Keaton since meeting me than, okay, than before. Yeah. Now, eleven-year-old kids, they would have been like, "Yes, let's keep let's <laughs> let's keep going." Let's Matt. keep going. Is that your mutant power making people talk, talk about, about Michael, Michael Keaton? Keaton? It is. That's a terrible mutant power. Or is it? Is it? Oh, I don't know. Wait, but if Patrick wait, Stewart shows Warner up, brothers, <laughs> Batman Beyond. Old Bruce Wayne starring Michael Keaton. <gasps> oh, I'll send you a meme. I have a meme of that. It's fantastic. I would watch that. I've been advocating for that for years. <laughs> Pretty much anyone that watched like the animated series and yeah. his Batman, that's now they're like, this needs to happen. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, this to movie. It. <laughs> to it. Uh, all right. Let's change the page. See what we got here. Um, I... I did notice with this, and I had forgotten that in the first part, everything is literally. You were you mentioned before we started talking about you couldn't tell the commercial breaks watching it all together. Yeah, because it streamed together so yeah. well that I was just like, "This is just a movie. I can't figure oh out where." God, it, God, I disagree with that. I, there are several points where it's like act break. Yeah, <laughs> okay. basically once the once you had the fade in of the adults after they mem- yeah. remembered. Oh, that's what Pennywise was? Commercial break. Because that whole first part, like, I have it broken down here. Like, all right, Ben is the new kid. Bauer's attacking Ben. After that's done, commercial break. Bev, postcard, blood in the bathroom. Commercial break. Eddie, movie theater, shower attack. Commercial break. Like, it's all boiled down to the... the Anytime, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a quick, like, zoom in yeah. to a character that fades to black... 
Yeah. Can I cut. can I break in real quick with the experience of watching this in reverse order, <laughs> which is when Henry Bowers breaks out of the asylum, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, Henry. Oh, Henry Bowers was the bully. That's right. Okay, yeah, this is important. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, two interjections on that. On the scene where Henry Bowers breaks out. There are a lot of really poorly edited death scenes in this movie. The, the, the cream of the crop is that orderly who does the slow motion fall back and then they cut to a dog with the, uh, the, 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 the furls on his uh, neck like the clown. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, movie. The d- the fact that they, they CGI'd a barking dog on an actor's body. No, they didn't even do that. They just put a clown costume on a dog. That wasn't, there was no sort of computer trickery. It was just, here, dog, wear a clown costume. We're making a picture. No wonder the poor pupper is so angry. Yeah. Who the fuck put this shit on me? Bark, 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 bark. I was told I was going to be the new lassie. <laughs> Put the clown costume. You're a clown dog now. Bark for us, clown dog. <laughs> I was giving this miniseries way too much credit. Oh, way too much. <laughs> they was like, oh, they did CGI. <laughs> you, you said CGI. I'm like, in 1990, no, they did not. <laughs> oh. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that broke Donna. <laughs> yes. Hashtag clown dog. <laughs> scene was very poorly edited. <laughs> Wildly poorly edited with which, oh just uh, and there's some awful kills in this movie and that one is that one's right bar none maybe the worst kill in all of horror movie dumb. I I'm going to put it as a a candidate. That is and then there's that dude was supposed to be menacing. That Henry Bowers was supposed to be scary. Yeah. And I you're like, like that dude? Yeah. Well, and that's and even with the kid, Henry Bowers was pretty tame. Like, and, yeah. I, and, and I know that's got a big little curl. Yeah, and I know that is '90s. I yeah. know that is coming from this is 1990. We cannot be how Too truly much. horrifying yeah. the character is. Right. Let me let me say let me say something about '90s. I find it really interesting that they really neutered Bev's father. Uh, as far as how menacing he was, how bad he yeah. was. They really, um, some see, vaguely threatening comments and one slap. Yeah. Okay. And yet, we used the N-word. Oh my gosh, I forgot yeah. about that. When yeah. this started, I was like, oh, okay, that's one, two, three, all right. Oh, we're saying this. Yeah, okay. okay. Oh, oh, this is, we're, we're, we're cool with this. All right, well. <laughs> it just, 90s, you know, it doesn't seem like the 90s were that long ago. But it, it was. was. Mm-hmm. It was that long ago. Movie's almost thirty years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Mac, what did you think about them typewriters? Uh, I, yes, thank you for mentioning that. I like the typewriters. There's an IBM Selectric in the library. It's very nice. Um, I think uh, 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 Stuttering Bill had a uh, nice little royal in his bedroom in the opening pan shot to that, and that's been Mike's ty- Max typewriter corner. All right, hashtag <laughs> Max type. Well, and you know how y'all have like the sliding scales. We have Max typewriter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? We were well, since we mentioned Bowers, we want to talk about that apocalyptic rock fight that was yeah. uh, <laughs> eh, 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 eh. and 
the thing the thing that made me the angriest about that is something that is consistent throughout the book. We got we got forty minutes in before yeah the book. Uh, but no, yeah. we we kind of started with the book though. But Bev is supposed to be almost mystical in her age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was supposed to happen in that scene is every time Bev picked up a rock and threw it, she pegged someone right in the skull. Yeah. And ah. there was not a single shot of her getting a good hit on anybody. So I was a little irked by that. No, but we did mm. do the the typical '90s thing of when she does get hit and hurt. That uh, John Ritter, I can't think of his <laughs> Ben. Ben comes up, no, and then starts <laughs> fighting even harder. We have to protect the girl. Yeah, we did get that bit. So she was cool though. Like, she was she was good. So. Speaking of Beverly and Ben, this movie is way too into that really awful poem. Yeah, this movie's why like, I, I remember that yeah, poem it, so well. It, it's a bad poem, and the, but then like Beverly's all like, "Holy shit, this is the best poem ever." Well, what okay, it's about no, you? No, no here's, <laughs> here's the thing about that 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 little haiku. It's not supposed to be good. Right. It's supposed to be sweet. Right. But they keep going back to it in the movie way more than they do in the book or in chapter one, yeah. where it's like this thing, like, "Oh, we're gonna say the poem three or four times," like. You can say it once, and then if you wanted to talk about the poem later on, I'd be like, oh, okay, so you wrote the poem. I'm in love with you now, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> I just need a band in my life. Can you take me away from all of this? Hashtag BevTruth. <laughs> what else we got? Um, well, we've talked about the clunky writing, and uh, I do dig the scrapbook bit with they're looking through the dairy scrapbook, and you start it suddenly starts coming alive, yeah. and you see it. Pennywise, like, come closer and closer. Like, yeah. for, for that's 90s... That's a good... Yeah. For 90s, that's a good... That's a good bit. It looks I, like it was shot at Silver Dollar City. <laughs> but, yes. In my brain, it is now. Right. I'm watching, I'm like, oh, that's not really the best effect. And then he then he, he shows up, and I'm like... Mm. Yeah. Like, and you don't yeah. really notice it. You're like, okay. And then it's like... And you're like, oh, shit. There's Pennywise. And then he, like, ducks under. and then Yeah. Shows up right out of the bottom of the frame. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've See, like, how did it get that far with them like sitting there watching it? Because like, kind of like with the very first instance where Georgie winked and what's his name threw that book across the room. Like, anytime I would have seen that, that's what exactly would have happened. So the fact that they watched him like, like just watched it like a little little old movie that's perfectly normal happening in the book. In the book, Pennywise has this sort of. Dracula-esque thrall uh, on kids yes, that, where okay. normally they would have like Georgie just would have been like no thank you weird clown in the sewer I'm going to go run away and right. never tell this story to anyone and I think that's also though they had just started talking about him mm-hmm. and so now they're all seeing him together for the first time I think that's another reason why that it's like the, yeah, the thrall thing makes sense now yeah. because yeah. yeah, I didn't really, I didn't pick that pick up on that at least. And I, I think the new movie does a better job of depicting the, the thrall than mm-hmm. this one does. It just kind of omits that entirely. Yeah. And you mentioned the you know him being in the great the sewer drain or whatever. Um, I was never afraid of the sewer drains because I knew the teenage mutant ninja turtles lived down there <laughs> and they would have whooped him up. So <laughs> no, nah, I still was a little skittish. <laughs> I, I just I totally missed the clown fear thing, and yeah. I I think this 
this miniseries was responsible for an entire generation. Of oh, it, it is. Of yeah. kids afraid. Oh, of I raised my hand and bumped the wire again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's like like jaw like what Jaws did for sharks. Yeah. Yeah. Pennywise yeah. Well, did um, for clowns. Here's the interesting phenomenon about this because, like we said, the movie doesn't work as a whole product. Here's my experience with the movie as a six-year-old. Sunday night, flipping through the channels, get to ABC. There's this clown killing kids. My parents decide at that point, no, we're not going to watch this. But I've already seen 60 to 90 seconds of Tim Curry at his glory, and that is burrowed into my brain. The the, the shot of him in the moon talking to Henry Bowers. Well, you know, M-O-L-N, that spells Pennywise. It does. <laughs> right. And, which is that many miles from the moon, which means Tommy Lee Wallace faked the moon landing. Okay. <laughs> Because he doesn't put things in movies by mistake. He puts them in there because he doesn't give a shit. That's the... Um, so, for years and years and years, I, like, I look up at the moon that night, and I, like, it, it freaks me out. And so, almost 30 years later, I'm like, there was a full moon that night. They timed that out right. I look at the almanac. It was not a full moon. <laughs> it was a waxing crescent. <laughs> which only disturbs me further. Yes, as it should. <laughs> That's excellent. So then cut to a few years later, I find it on VHS. I'm like, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to watch it. Mm. And I watch it to the end with the spider. I'm like, oh, this sucked. (laughs) (laughs) They should, my parents should have just said, no, not bedtime. Watch it to the, well, that'll be my rule. Okay. So let's talk about that spider because one, (laughs) that was the worst effect in the history of bad effects. It's, it's worse than the fucking skeleton with the hook in its head coming out of the vat of acid. It is bad. It is so Is it bad? Worse than Plan 9? No. no. Okay, so <laughs> you were starting to get superlative with the bad level there, and I'm like, oh, Donna, let's come back to Earth. You don't need to float. <laughs> we all float down mm-hmm. here. Um, but what really bugged me about it is in the book, ding, ding, I need a sound effect. Um, In the book, it is not a giant mutant spider. No. It is something so horrific and awful that the human mind can't grasp it. And so... It's the deadlights. It's the deadlights. And so the spider is a representation of it, the same Mm -hmm. way that Pennywise is a representation of it. And so... Killing the spider wouldn't have done shit. Killing the spider wouldn't have done shit. And so for them to make this funky ass spider be the monster yeah. just that was cross-eyed me. yeah <laughs> it really was it's like, <laughs> <"Let's> <laughs> i'm it we, we, we need derpy. to talk about the, the, the derpy cross-eyed spider that, Betty. They, <laughs> that derpy cross-eyed spider killed eddie though they just stabbed it, it to it. death, though. Like, oh, it killed Eddie. Let's stab it. Well, that was all we needed to and do. And then they ripped out his heart and was like, Kalama. <laughs> like, oh, my God. The silhouette of them all holding his heart up was like, what What the fuck is this? So, so my experience with this miniseries uh, is somewhat similar to Max, but my brother and I saw it, kept seeing the commercials for it. Okay, kept seeing the commercials for it, and we looked at each other, going, "We're going to watch this. <laughs> this is this is happening." And those of you that know, my parents were like, "Cool, man. All right." Do y'all remember? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. 
So that was my, yeah. that was, you know, and when I told my brother I, we were watching this, he's like, oh, that's going to be a good episode, bro- mm-hmm. sibling. <laughs> I, I want to point out exactly how long Pennywise has been around, which I just realized he was in the Dead Marsh in friggin' Lord of the Rings when Gollum was leading Frodo and Sam through there. And he was like, don't look in the deadlights. And there was like, you know, the elf that was underneath the, the swamp and his eyes came open. It's reasonable to assume that that was influencing yeah. King. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, easily. I'm just accepting that as my head canon. canon. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah he's been around one. Lord I, of the Rings is part of the Dark Tower mythology. Right. Which of course, it dips right into the Dark so, Tower mythology as well. Everything's full circle. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board with this. All right. The, yeah. the turtle and, and all the mystical creatures once you get really weird with the Dark Tower. The beam. Yeah. Well, all things follow the beam. Thank you. I could not remember that quote. I was like, the beam, the beam, there's something about the beam. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, so, as a kid, though, Stan's suicide freaked me out. Like, out of... It's still really unnerving. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I have a joke about it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. Let's, let's, well, let's have the suicide joke. It's yes. not a suicide joke. It's a Lorimar Productions joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because the the takeaway I get from that now is that uh, Perfect Strangers induces suicide. Oh, no. Because <laughs> he's, he's watching about five minutes of Balky and he's like, no, I don't need to live anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the human race is done. I'm checking yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> writes in blood in the in the bathroom, cousin Larry. <laughs> happy, happy, joy, joy. <laughs> no, but I, as a kid, that freaked me out. As an adult, like you said, it's still very unnerving. I'm like, oh yeah. I think they should not, for for me. I would have. It would have been even more unnerving. Like it, it still was unnerving. But had they not shown what he saw in the house. Because supposedly you, that's what traumatized him, But right? you don't get that till later, though. Like much, you, much later. Yeah, it's you don't part get... Two. Yeah, it's, it's like, in part two. Um, I once had a, they figure out he's dead, they're like, oh, he saw something more than we saw. Listen, yeah. I, sympathize, I actually sympathize a lot with Stan because I would be the one going, no, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. No, that's not mm-hmm. possible. That No, that can't be happening. You would have been the last no. one to buy into yeah, anything yeah. supernatural. I would have yeah. been the last one to see him. And well, and I'm not... T- I'm sorry, go ahead. It destroyed his worldview. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it yeah. broke he, him. His worldview was sane and logical and made sense. Mm-hmm. And it, it destroyed that in him. Plus, it almost killed him. Yeah. Um, and so the, no, I can't go back, made a, made right. a fair amount of sense to me. Yeah. He also... He, he could have just not gone back. I mean, in the full context of it, like he's like, oh, don't go to Derry. Well, sure, but, but he had the PTSD. Still... Yes, yeah. There were other True. factors, and and ultimately Balky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All these other factors. Like, I live in a world where it exists I... and Balky. No, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself because you yeah. said Balky, and I went, yeah, yeah, you did. You were like, yeah, uh, yeah, Balky is sort of <laughs> that's dread-inducing. <laughs> if he had gotten that call on any other night when Perfect Strangers was not yeah, right, he might have like, yeah. okay, yeah. no Balky. Interdimensional demon that wants to kill kids. I can handle one I, of these two. I can handle them both. <laughs> I still think, though, like, it, when, when I was saying if they hadn't shown what was in the house, I know that was much later, but to me, that's when. Um, uh, Sorry, Bronson Pinchot. I just wanted to say that. Right, yeah. <laughs> we love you. We do. Um, 
at that point when they were saying, oh, you know, he killed himself, he was this way because of this particular scene where in, before in the movie, all we had seen was him running to Jonathan Brandis and like, go. And like, that's all we saw. And then once they started showing that again, I was like, oh God, like he saw something. I don't want to see what that is. But then they showed it. And right. so, so to me, initially, it was the thought of, oh, God, what did he see? And then they showed it, and I was like, oh. Man. It was uh, sort of also my takeaway, because he was right with Henry Bowers right when the deadlights came out. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and he saw, he, he got closer to the actual form of it than any of the others. Yeah. yeah. And then in the miniseries, I think that's more what they play with, yeah. is that he saw its true form and was like, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, where Bowers just his hair went white mm-hmm. from seeing it, and mm-hmm. he lived. Uh, on that, the the pan around when his uh, hair turns white, that is like one cut away to Sonic the Hedgehog one to being a Sega Genesis commercial. <laughs> That's true. And he's like, oh, Sega Genesis. <laughs> no, I was. I was surprised because because it's been so long since I've seen part two of this and what uh, Stan saw that they actually included the leper because that was a big thing with part one. Yeah, was that no, we're getting the leper because he's all throughout the book mm-hmm. is yeah. Pennywise showing up as the leper. Oh, okay. That's that's something that's kind of and so they made a big deal with part one. No, you, we're gonna see the leper. You're gonna see it. Yeah. So I was surprised. And I didn't realize it that, oh, that guy's supposed to be a leper. Yeah, I thought he was just a zombie. Yeah. Well, that's, as a kid, I was like, okay, he's a mummy thing. Yeah. You know? For half a minute watching this, I thought Ben's dad was the same guy who played Jack Crusher in that holodeck message on The Next Generation. (laughs) I looked it up, it was not the case. Which made me distrust my feeling that the uh, high school, not the high school, the school principal was a cigarette smoking man. Yeah. Which he was. Oh, no, that, yeah, no, I (laughs) I saw that (laughs) guy. That one was true, because, I mean, you just... Found some Canadian actors. You're going to get the cigarette smoking man eventually. Yeah, he's he's coming full circle. <laughs> yeah, I was very concerned with look who's talking when he showed up as yep. the doctor in that. Now he's in this. There's yep. I have a lot of mistrust of the cigarette smoking man. Well earned. Well earned. Oh, he's definitely. not a trustworthy kind of fellow. No, no. <laughs> but as someone that is a villain fan, the fact that even then I'm yeah. like, whoa, yeah, slow, like... slow your roll. <laughs> I need you to back up a little bit. I'm just saying, there, there's some. One of one of its forms is the cigarette smoking <laughs> man, and he shows up at the school, and he's like, "Go down and mess with the werewolves." <sighs> so, are just question for y'all who have read the book. What are, what are some other parts that like translated better, like medium wise in into the book? this one? Yeah, or no, no, like oh. translated better in the book than in the movie. Because for me, like the, oh, the bike ride at the end with Audra, mm. um, I was like, this is cheesy, and I was like, but if I was reading a descriptive explanation or you know narrative of this scene, I was like, I might be more into it. I will tell you that when you read it, you spend a lot less time going, that is so fucking unsafe. (laughs) (laughs) Someone stop John Boy. He's he's out of control. (laughs) As I'm watching watching it, I'm like, how are they not dead? How are they not dead? But when you read it, you're like, oh, that's so sweet. He's taking her for a bike ride and she's brought back to life. It doesn't really depict those like sloping down almost San Francisco-esque streets in the Mm -hmm. book. It's just a very fast bike ride. Yeah. That there's power in the bike and there's power in 
whatever the they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, if I go down a hill real fast, she's yeah. going to snap out of this right. like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, though, I think that's just a testament to King's writing and why sometimes he's very hard to adapt mm-hmm. is that when you're in the moment, it makes complete sense. As you're reading it, you're like, yeah, of course he's going to imagine seeing a giant turtle that tells him this is how you fucking kill Pennywise. Um it, you know what I'm talking about. It's gonna make sense, and then, but when you see, you know, and like Donna explained earlier, with it being so horrific, the only thing their brains can comprehend is a spider. Mm-hmm. You're in that moment, and you're like, yeah, that's yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Where translating that medium is very difficult, and um, especially for a book like it that is attempts to be sort of expansive and undefinable in both its horror and its mythology it's a really like it, like the dark tower very yeah. hard to harness in a finite medium mm-hmm. yeah you need and, and i think you know since you brought up the dark tower i think that's why we haven't had something successful with that because that that needs to be a tv show that ki- and it almost is i know they're they're like We're gonna, they're all, you, you've been watching castle rock Oh, uh, I haven't watched Castle Rock. I've there's a whole story after the show. I'll tell you about Castle Rock. Off mic. Yeah, Um, uh, but it's just there's a I, you know, very few filmmakers can get King right. The only one that to me that does it is Frank Darabont. Yep. And we just recently last weekend we watched The Green Mile, and I forgot how much I fucking love that movie. That's really. I watched Green Mile and Shawshank in the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, so good. and we were talking about the mist earlier. God, the Green Mile is so fucking good. I know, right? <laughs> I, know. I, I have to, I have to call my dad out, and my dad will never listen to this, and none of his friends will ever listen to this, so it's okay that I do this. But uh, Dad has a tendency to refer to uh, Stephen King as garbage mm. and trash. I can't believe you read that trash. Um, so on one particular day, he he kind of irritated me enough that I was like, "Hey, Dad." You liked The Green Mile, right? He was like, yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. You, you like Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption, right? He was like, yeah, that's that's really good. And I was like, like, oh. Two eyes and a heart, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know who wrote those, right? He was like, no, who? Stephen King! What now? Yeah! That was Don's we, we <laughs> mic drop. We should do a run of like horror-adjacent movies. Like, you could do The Green Mile because it's King and sort of like... Hey, I'm, that's thinking ahead. As long as we get the mist in there, because that's... The I, mist, I'd say, is more directly horror. I know, but yeah, Kinsey needs Kinsey I, I needs the mist. I hear you. Okay, so we'll have our Stephen King sweet part two because there's play. Yeah, just yeah. not not maximum overdrive. Oh no no no, no 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 no! Oh, never well, happening. Why not? Why not? <laughs> don't just don't. <laughs> okay. I recently rewatched that and I'm like, what the ever loving fuck? Somebody was on cocaine. <laughs> our, our friendship survived Plan Nine. Yeah, I don't. It know can this. survive anything. <laughs> You know his math does check out. That dog. <laughs> okay, that's that's true because Maximum Overdrive is not as bad as Plan Nine. No. Have you watched it recently? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, no, not no I was like, I watched it within the past year. As if like, I. Oh wow. <laughs> when you actually see Stephen King arguing with the ATM, and that's within the first like ten minutes, you're like, what yeah. am I seeing here? <laughs> and you almost get the sense that he's not even aware of cameras on him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they just filmed him at his actual like, like the DP was just like, should we roll? I guess. <laughs> Ask Emilio. He'll say it's fine. He didn't say action. <laughs> I don't think that matters. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> Damn it, Mac. You broke down and let's try. Somebody get done whistle on the phone. <laughs> yeah, he's fighting with the ATM again. Should we uh, Should we just roll on it? Yeah, that'll be a picture. Do it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. He's fighting with the ATM again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key, is again. Um, no, no, I think... Back to your question, though, Deb. I mm-hmm. think it's just his writing, it is it is very hard to translate. And when you're in the moment, it works to mm-hmm. kind of pull us back full circle. Right, yeah. So um, it's been too long since I've read it to actually pick scenes out mm-hmm. other than just, like I said, Bill talking to the imaginary turtle. Now, when you guys read it... Was it, like, frightening to you? There are parts that are pretty unnerving. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who said that was the first book that he, like, threw across the room and locked in a closet because it was so <laughs> scary. Like, and I guess he read it back in, back then, you know? I, I think the thing that the book has is it deepens the mythology of it, and that mm-hmm. occasionally can be less scary because it has a definable... Yeah. Parameter. And yeah. then there are other times where you're like, you're almost like Stan. You're like, oh shit, this thing is like bottomless in despair yeah. and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't find books scare me that often. Really, The Shining is one of very few books that has successfully scared me. It is, uh, you know, there's that dread to it. There, mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of dread in it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, that was very successful. I would say the parts that work best is like a lot of Mike's research. Like there's some epistolary stuff like newspaper clippings and uh, historical documents littered throughout the book. And those are actually the most scary when they talk about the burning of the black spot. Yeah. And uh, some of the even older stuff um, is is probably the the most unnerving part. Yeah, the Easter egg is pretty pretty bad. Yeah, see, I think that was probably my favorite parts of that, of it, is Mike's research. Mm -hmm. Is reading, you know, that history to see how far he goes back. Right. Um, it so fleshes out Mike as a character. That this movie does a pretty good job of depicting, and I'm worried the new movie's yeah. not going to nail it. I think, I'm worried they're going to give all of that to Ben. Right, yeah. and, then, and, then, yeah. and we talked about that on, it, yeah, yeah uh, about just the changing of Mike in that regard, because Mike was a big nerd. Yeah, he was a big yeah. history nerd. And, and, he, and yeah. yeah, and you see that in this movie. He's the driving force of the action throughout the movie and the driving force of the action in the book. Yeah. Uh, but the history is very, very unsettling. The book didn't scare me per se. Um, I think I was 20 when I read it, I think. But it did unnerve me in sections. Like, it, 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 there were parts that bothered me. I'm like, okay, that's a little unsettling. No, the only book that's ever scared me is In a Dark Place that I had to read with both lights on. My nightlight and my big light. All right. <laughs> and who, wrote, who wrote that? I can't tell you who wrote it, but it had your favorite people, the Warrens, in it. Because <laughs> uh, I'm going to do air quotes here for you. Ready, Donna? True paranormal true story. story. <laughs> uh, is is one... there a true fiction uh, category of true fiction? <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it's basically what the movie A Haunting in Connecticut is based off of. And um, that movie is very tame compared to the book. PG thirteen, I think too. It is. It's one of those movies like that's horror. It's PG thirteen. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess play it. I don't know what uh, you're gonna do. Yeah, and that was another one. that's like I was very excited about it. Then I watched it. I'm like, no, that's so much. No, that's no, that didn't happen in the book at all. <laughs> I became in the book with that one. But uh, yeah, that is for me. But I enjoyed 
enjoyed it. Cool. I might read it. I've never actually read a horror book. I mean, unless you count like Goosebumps, <laughs> which I don't. Read The Shining. All right. Seriously. I have The Shining and I have it. Whichever Do you have one Audible? More. No, but I can. You, you spend a lot of time in a car, don't you? I do. I yeah. listen to all the podcasts. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, it it's pretty good. Uh, Stephen Weber reads that, and then oh, cool. Uh, the Shining. I don't think anybody immediately recognizable. Try keep talking. I'm, I'm, okay. I was like, if you want hard copy, I've got it and The Shining for hard copy. Yeah. Uh, if you do Audible, then Max. I've not. I've not. Um, Read a whole bunch of audiobooks. I mean, read. Listen, listen to a whole yeah. bunch of audiobooks. You're doing it wrong. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Why won't the words cooperate right. with my eyes? Exactly. Why? But, um, like, uh, I don't know. I'm a little. Does does it change, I guess, how you. How how you, how the book comes across? Because. Sometimes. When, you know, because when I read something, you know, I'm putting it in my own. Sure. Words yeah. or voices yeah. for each character or whatever. And sometimes I'll hear like an audio book and be like, that's not how that person talks right. in my head. Um, if you do it the second time, because I think I read The Shining and It first in either ebook or paper form mm-hmm. and then listened to it most recently in the last year or so for both of them. And I don't think there was any point in either of those where I was like, well, that's not the Jack Torrance I remember. <laughs> that's not my Jack Torrance. That, that's not my Mike Hamlin. Hashtag not yeah. my Jack Torrance. Uh, I have only done one audiobook, and it was Heir to the Empire. Did not change my, my view at all in nice. my voice, so. <laughs> You've chosen wisely. <laughs> I have not done any of the others, and I easily could because I... Of how I what I would do for a job, but it's just never been. They they released an audiobook of the annotated version of *Air of the Empire*, where like it's actually two separate files. You can have the book, and then you can only listen to the annotations yeah. as well. That, so. Okay, now that's pretty cool. Yeah. No, uh, Dennis Lawson narrated. That's uh, not bad. And he he was he was fantastic. So I was like, all right, Dennis Lawson. I haven't ever heard you speak with your real accent, but now I have. So. Yeah, if if you want a three inch thick book, I will be glad to bring you my paperback of it. Yeah, it's more of a almost a fantasy thing mm-hmm. where it has that level of world building and mythology. Oh, and, that's and, in my and oh, the yeah. depth of that story. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, maybe it won't necessarily scare you, but it will. The story will envelop you yes. in that yeah. way. My pulse rate. Quickens that mythology. Mythology, you say. World building and history. Uh, This is how I tried to get her with the Dark Tower, but Gunslinger, as you know, is very. It was rough. It is. It's rough. You don't get that mythology till a little bit later. Did you? It it is more direct of that kind of mythology. Yeah. Did you read his? Redone version of Gunslinger. It was the redone version. Yeah. Oh, I've still too recently. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, it's I mean, a think, hard book to love. It was yeah, like it just starting out. Like I can't remember how many chapters I got. I did not finish the first book. Um, I got in a few chapters, and I I can't remember what my issue was. It's, um, it's, it's was it that I I was like, what is going on? It's a spaghetti western. Kinda. It is a spaghetti western, and it's very. The language is very dreamlike yeah. in its parts, because that's why I wasn't able to do Black House. Like mm-hmm. that, that, that how he did the narrator. Yeah. You know, my that... dislike of the Gunslinger was so intense. I never read any of the other books, mm-hmm. and then he did the revised version of the Gunslinger, which is an improvement. Mm-hmm. 
but I got through it and enjoyed it enough that I went ahead and read book two, and then I was hooked mm-hmm. on the Dark Tower. Book, it's something, book two is so good. Yeah, it's kind of like I, I would give it a second chance and you know try it again, knowing what I know. And Gunslinger may be a book to audiobook. Then they die yeah. okay. to get okay. somebody else to get the momentum going. Yeah, and, yeah. But yeah, no, I something about it hooked me, hook, line, and sinker from that that first sentence mm-hmm. but then book two i mean it starts it gets steam the yeah. man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. followed damn so good okay yeah. uh, but we're talking about it we're talking yeah. about it all right so what <laughs> we're, we're having a larger king conversation <laughs> yeah, well, i think it's a good because we're already we're in t- the king suite and we're talking about the mythology which doves into so, uh, dark tower this so, is and I mean, point adjacent. Yeah. So Aaron Paul as Eddie, it seems a little too on the nose. But I'd still watch the but I think it would shit work. out of it. Yeah. I would still watch the shit out of that. It's like you've still got that Jesse Pinkman thing going. Come on over here and play Eddie. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, the whole time I've I watched Breaking Bad, I'm like, that's my Eddie. Like the whole time I'm like, that's my, you know. <laughs> Hashtag, that's my Eddie. Hashtag, that's my Eddie. All right. So what else do we have about this miniseries? Are we? Uh, are we at the? No, I think I may have a few other things. Let's uh, see. I did really like Young Stan, in yeah. the sense that the movie, which was, I mean, the movie, the chapter one, the movie was fantastic. But for some reason, they took this kid that was just kind of incidentally Jewish, and turned him into a super Jew. And I, I don't understand why, because him being a dedicated scout, mm-hmm. was much more, yeah, yeah, much more integral to the character. It worked really well because well, it also gave him that. Because you know, with him being more particularly religious in the new movie, mm-hmm. there's a certain mysticism to religion that makes it less likely that he'd be the last one to be like, okay, I believe this now. But as a Boy Scout prepared, I'm just very sensible, and that that followed, yeah. Exactly. Well, it was more, you know, his power, if you will, was more based in reality, which was Stan. You know, he's naming off the different types of birds, he's naming, you know, things Mm -hmm. that he learned in Boy Scouts that, you know, I do agree that... the change-up between the two was yeah, cattywampus. And they did this thing that I feel like it was an affectation that should have worked and it just never did, but they would have a nervous mannerism that the kid did and then they would fade into it as the adult. Or it was the opposite way, like the, the adult fading yeah. into the and kid. And it, yeah. it never worked, like yeah. especially Stan. What the hell was he even doing with his ear? It was such a... But it, it, it was always such a very formal sort of action. Yeah. It wasn't a subtle thing that they no. could cut it was, to. It was like when uh, uh, I've forgotten the Bill. It was like when Bill had his hand on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that that tracked. That was yeah. that was a thing that people do. But Stan's weird thing with his ear, I don't I don't understand what that was even supposed to be. That's more of a soothing thing, isn't yeah. it? Like an anxiety kind of like I bite the crap out of my lips when I'm having high anxiety. Do, do you think that's what you think that's what he was doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, stroking yeah. his ear. I mean, other than sucking your thumb, like this is another Oh, it's Carol Burnett. Yeah, yeah. 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 the signal maybe, home maybe, to go maybe, to bed. Maybe he was stroking his ear. Okay. Yeah, because he could do like that. Because that's you know maybe. Just the the different texture to kind of ground you again, I guess. Yeah, I get all into messing with my hair, so I guess guess that works. I guess I could buy that. It just didn't look good. No, it's it's not. It it is not a a good 
indication mm-hmm. of a a, yeah. a nervous mannerism. Mm-hmm. But but was, I could see what they were doing with it. I could see yeah. the affectation they were going for. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't feel like it worked in any of the instances they did it. I thought, yeah, the the hand on the face thing I thought was done in a. It wasn't just like a. It was like. Oh. Very weirdly placed, and <laughs> yeah. like I was just like, that's weird to me. Weird yeah, look. looks weird. It made me feel weird. There was yeah. a lot of weird choices with with that. I have a few other things. Okay, All go right. for it. Uh, ironic that Seth Green is fixated on the werewolf. Wow. <laughs> um, I had the same thought. Uh, so, do you think they cast? Harry Dean Anderson second after they cast Seth Green. You so mean he Harry could, Anderson. Harry Anderson. Harry Dean Anderson. Oh, Harry Dean guy. Anderson. Shit. <laughs> Harry Anderson second after they cast Seth Green because of his red hair. So they're like, we got to get somebody kind of red blonde kind of. Maybe. You know, sorry. I, I don't just... necessarily buy Seth Green going into Harry Anderson, though. Although no. a Night Court reboot with Seth Green would be interesting. It would work. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, all of Bill's books, because I don't think the book it really goes into the Bill's glowing. book. The glowing. I'm like, oh, I get yeah. it. And those covers on Bill's books suck. They were really bad. They really, really bad book covers. I'm like, Bill, 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 Bill come on, let's sit down. Bill, Bill. <laughs> um, but yeah, every time they went to the glowing, I was just like, for God's sake. Yeah. And like it's an ongoing gag. Like they have the poster up and they got the books up in the library. But then the 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 front desk lady at the hotel is also reading it when they they try to check out. I'm like, come on. They were a little on the nose with like, oh yeah, deadlines are coming. Yeah. Um. For those of you that know, wink, wink. <laughs> the glow. For those of you who did not know, it was completely lost. <laughs> he didn't write anything about a shining because then we'd have to pay Stanley Kubrick. Two million dollars. <laughs> um, but it'll glow all day long. <laughs> there are parts this where little glow of mine. <laughs> I'm gonna let it glow. glow. There are parts where Tim Curry is really scary, but then there are parts where I feel like they just put the camera on Tim Curry and said, "Do whatever you want. Just just play around." And it almost works. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I and I, that's why I say he walks that line. Yeah. That yeah. that. Well, it's it's sort of the similar line that Jack Nicholson has in The Shining, where even when he's being menacing, you can see that he's having fun. Yeah. And it's very magnetic to watch mm-hmm. on screen because you're just like, oh, that's that's Tim Curry. I can watch Tim yeah. Curry. <laughs> um, you're playing the devil, sure, Tim. I'll watch you play the devil. Oh my God, he's so good in that. Sub point to my typewriter corner. Uh, that was some pretty A plus bad acting typing from Bill when we first see adult Bill writing. He's just like, da, 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 da. you're not writing anything, Bill. And then um, Ben has that pocket organizer in the taxi cab, yes. which I'm just like, what is that? <laughs> Subpoint to that scene when he sees the other fat kid, who was, I think, more of a fat kid than little Ben was. Yeah. Uh, he just says, you're going to make it. and You're going to make it, champ. And I'm like, all I want is for John Ritter to tell me I'm going to make it and call me champ. <laughs> I was ex- I, So I had forgotten about that scene, and I was expecting it to be a Pennywise scene. Like, right. That's, and kid, so when it, yeah. when it wasn't, I was like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed. Like, I right. wanted... <laughs> With her stupid little baby dam. <laughs> I think Got that, it in there. That's all I really had to express before we get to our, 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 our throwdown stuff. If anybody else had anything. Donna, anything? 
No, I just want to point out, if, if you've never watched Buffy, there's an episode in season two where John Ritter uh, plays Buffy's mom's boyfriend. Oh, that's right. Yes. It all comes back to Buffy. And he gets so fucking creepy so fast. It's amazing. If you did not know that John Ritter could be scary, John Ritter can be scary. I love, and I, and I know it's because comedy and horror dance mm-hmm. that line. I fucking love when comedic actors do that. Yeah. Like, when they jump when they jump to that, you're like, oh, okay. Like, um, Robin Williams was fantastic at it. If you haven't seen One Hour Photo. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah he's fantastic at it. Like, that's, that's, right. that's always in my wheelhouse. And I think partially it's because you're like, no, I want to trust you. You're, you're destroying my trust of you. And it's gone. And it's gone. <laughs> yep, you are officially creepy and scary. My daddy, do you have anything else? No, I pretty well other than just to point out the epic '90s wardrobe. <laughs> like, oh yes, I mean, it was like so quintessential early but, '90s. That reminds me of another thing: the '90s score, like the Simpsons. Yes, even yeah, in the 1960s absolutely. scenes, it was yeah. just like, I'm like, come on, get me some horns and a couple of strings in there. <laughs> I think one of the notes on my notebook that I left at home, I wrote, this is the most 90s thing that has ever 90s. <laughs> I think it's really 90s. I think Lisa Frank might argue with you. That that's, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, that, she, that Sega Genesis commercial right in the middle of it is yeah. pretty 1990. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, when... When Ritter's date shows up in those puffy sleeves, like concert choir, eighth grade, I had the same dress. Like, oh my god! Did you go home with John Ritter though? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And did he have his bolo tie? Absolutely. All right. If you if you get a chance, I watched the commentary on this at one point, Mm -hmm. and John Ritter talks about how um, that lady was not one hundred percent with it. The day they shot that, and she th- insisted that he was Bo Bridges. I was talking to him <laughs> as if he was Bo Bridges. I think it was the bolo tie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And once you wear a bolo tie, you're like 80% Bo Bridges oh, right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, are you saying my dad's 80% Bo Bridges? I think he is. If he wears a bolo tie. He wears a bolo tie. Yep. That, that, is, is, that, is, that is part yeah. of the. Bolo tie ness is next to bonus. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to imagine being John Ritter and going, okay, fine, I'm Bo. Can yeah, we, I'm, I'm Bo Bridges, whatever. Scene? Come on. Yeah. John Ritter's just, a, was just a nice enough guy. Like, the first time it happened, he's like, fine, let's, that's me. I'll, I'll be Bo Bridges. <laughs> Which I think, well, I think that gets in, into our poll question. Yeah. So I, I yeah. Okay. Let's go. All right, so I are guess. We, are we? I think we're, I think we're there. All right. All right, so Matt. Cool. this episode may actually come in in time. I know, it's crazy, right? All right, so Mac, you had our quote. Uh, yes. I'm a little old for monster hunting, Bill! <laughs> Thank you. Slow clap. Slow Thank clap. You. Uh, Mac was two out of three this week for us, gang, just FYI, because he also has our rule. Uh, two-part rule. Mm-hmm. Rule for the people in the movie and rule for the people watching the movie. Uh, rule for the people in the movie, don't be brave. Don't be brave. Everybody who's brave dies. Except for Stan. Also, okay, don't be brave, don't watch Perfect Strangers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the caveat to, yeah. to that role. Didn't you earlier say that you were brave during something? I was brave and decided to watch the, the rest of the movie. That gets into the second rule. Okay. okay. Um, 
the second rule is just watch the movie to the end because yes, I suffer from a certain amount of clown phobia based purely on having only watched a few minutes of the movie when it originally broadcast and that was enough to create a horror tableau in my mind. Had uh, my wonderful parents let me watch to the end of part two, it would have been fine. Yeah. Because that spider is janky as all get out. <laughs> it, it's, pretty, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I, 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 I say this film and then the clown doll from Poltergeist, that's the, the whole generation that's got clown phobia. Yeah. That's, that's, your, that's your benchmark booking. Starts there, curry here. Right. And the caveat on that second rule is like if I had watched Halloween all the way to the end when I was a kid, that wouldn't have gone so well because like he's, he's not, he's, they, didn't know, they don't know where he is, he's anywhere. <laughs> I think you still would have been the same if you'd finished the thing all the way. Yes, that probably would have been. Yes, I, yes, I would have been fine there, too. Yeah, you would have still been like, yeah, that, that checks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and I have our poll question. Do you think the filmmakers knew part two was weaker, and that's why we see more of Curry as opposed to part one? I To answer the first part of the question, yes, they did know it, because I think Tommy Lee Wallace is on the record saying that he felt part one is stronger. Okay. That the kids are better, and but I don't know if they necessarily designed more Pennywise into part two. All right, I don't know the answer to your question, but again, I watched it out of order, and when I got to the end of what was my part one, I was like, I don't see any point in even watching the other. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've got the whole story. Why even watch it? And right. I was like, no, we're professionals about this. And I watched part one, and I was like, oh, this is really good. So I'm actually kind of glad in the end that I watched it the way I did. And I think that's where I disagree, because I think the kids are not as strong actors as the adults. I think the adults, I buy them as friends more. I don't necessarily buy their terror, and that's maybe part of the production value problem as well. But the kids are, like Jonathan Brandis, community actor level uh, performances where they're like... Do you need to hold my hand during that part, my but Debbie? But he's pretty. All right. Debbie, he's being very pretty. He's a handsome little boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's... Let's see you now. Let's see you now. Oh, like, I feel awkward even listening to this. Like, was I exaggerating his performance? No. There we go. That's all I'm saying. It's just, and, and the kids have varying levels of that where, like, you see John Ritter, you see Harry Anderson, you see uh, Annette O'Toole. Like, these are professional actors, and you buy them as friends. And that sort of thing. That's why part two works better for me. There were parts hmm. that, and I, I was kind of flip-flopped. I, I think I told Luke last night. I said, I think the kids are doing a better job than the adults, but I think it was more, I mean, in the delivery of this particular script or whatever, there were times where, and maybe it was a scary time, I don't know, it was just, it was just a time where I thought that the adults were giving more of a deadpan delivery of something, mm-hmm. as opposed to having some, like, the emotion that I feel that would need to be behind it, behind it. And so that's why I was like, these are professional actors. Why are they not getting this right? I can see, but I think, as a general thing, it gives them a much more naturalistic feel. Okay. Whereas the kids are like, I'm supposed to be upset by this. Yes. <laughs> I'm supposed to be amused by this. <laughs> I, kinda, I, yeah, I guess yeah. I give kid actors just a little bit of a pass. Yeah. Which, I don't expect the same level of... Which I might have too, except for the kids in the new movie are... Excellent. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. true. And most of them, that's their first... or they're, they're not... Okay, but I also think the kids in the new movie are a little older. A little Maybe. older. Yeah. A couple of years. I don't know. 
I could buy that, but still, I mean, it, it, there's a sharp contrast there. If they hadn't made the new movie yet, I might have been able to give the kids I'm more. I'm kind of, a pass. of glad Adrian isn't here to hear me say this, mm-hmm. but Finn Wolfhard blew Rigi Toshin. Finn Wolfhard. You, you really need to finish that. Yeah, please, <laughs> please finish that sentence, Donna. I'm trying to get a clean take of it. Finn Wolfhard. Wolf. Ah! Ah! Finn. Ah! Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. Blue. Seth Green's performance. Of Richie Tozier, completely out of the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. definitely. And I think, I'm blanking on the kid who plays Stuttering Bill. John uh, Brandis? In the new one. Oh, um, oh I don't know. Is, See? Yeah. <laughs> You're blanking on it, too. Don't, don't give me that look like I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, we've been talking about yes. Brandis. What's but going on? I, I think he's much better than Jonathan Brandis. New, yes. New, yeah, I think all the all the current kids are better than back right. then, and I wonder if it's because what audiences want and expect or expect and oh, want today is different Beth? than oh my god, she's so good. great yeah. in the new one, and the new one and, and the old one, it's fine, but yeah. it's not much there. Yeah. yeah, the girl playing Bev in the new one is playing a young Amy Adams in Sharp Objects. That gives you yeah. a a level of. I want to say though, the girl that plays Bev in this. Is the younger sister from Ginger Snaps? I believe that's correct. She's also been in a Supernatural episode. Yeah, she's one of the, the super... big fan of. The... Yeah, 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 yeah. She's, have... she's really good yeah. in that part. So it's it's different. It's different levels. Um, I'm actually I I I'm kind of on. I'm not on the fence. I think the filmmakers did know that I, that's that's that, documented. That, yeah. yeah, that it was part one is the stronger of the two, I and they're just, not yeah. and they're not having to rely so heavily on Curry because. Well, that's yeah. just because you see him way, and maybe that was their way of trying to say, you know, Pennywise to remind them, no, he used to scare you, mm-hmm. and since you don't really remember, he's going to show you why. He- I didn't think of it in this way that you're the way that you're asking the question. I didn't think of the movie in that way because to me it was like, okay, we're they're ramping it up because it's it's getting to, yeah. closer to the end, and so I didn't. Um, it just didn't come to my mind that that might that what you're asking may actually have been more it, accurate than what I was perceiving. Now that I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. I think there are more effective parts in part one, but the acting is better in part two. Okay. Because there's more adults in part two. Like you have the sewer scene and you have Stan's suicide in part one, yeah. whereas part two ends with... The spider. And so it's hard to say that that worked. <laughs> right, right. When you're putting those endings side by side, I mean, yes, you remember both of them, but for... For different reasons. For different reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I like I said, I'm coming from it, you know, and we were talking about this, that it, uh, watching it now, it was one long... Mm-hmm. It wasn't in between nights. Yeah. Uh, it was just one very long movie. Uh, I am coming from it, because I do remember having to wait... Till the next night to yeah. finish it to see what happened. There's actually two nights I think separating it on original. Okay. Podcast. But yeah, you know. Yeah, way. but you know what? Where I'm, where I'm I, going. I was looking at moon phases in the <laughs> almanac and I had to get very particular about that. No, 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 kids. It's it's this one here. So yeah. I, that's more where I see what you're saying with the the the, the amping up. Yeah. And that that does make sense, but I just like I don't know. I feel like that second half is they're using curry as a crutch. Yeah. And this is related to that dang spider. Um, which was disappointing to begin with, but 
Now that putting I'm, it mild. Right. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, spider-wise, why did they put the deadlights on his tummy as opposed to in eight eyeballs? Ooh, like, because is... it only had two eyeballs, didn't it? Or did yeah. I miss the? Yeah, other? it had two very, very... distinct, very crossed <laughs> eyes. But on top, that's of, like, why the deadlights had to be on its tummy, Debbie, because they were there crossed. Were, there were more sections. But I was just like, you know, because before when he was Pennywise, you saw the deadlights in his eyes. Yeah. Um, and so for it to then be a spider with eight deadlights, it'd be like, oh god, you know, that would have been that's scary. Four times the deadlights yes. we've seen up until this point. <laughs> Call now and for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. Okay. Do we have anything else before we close the book on the It miniseries? I'm good. Donna, Matt. I really feel like I have something else, but I don't know what it is. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We always do love and appreciate your support uh we are on the social media we are on twitter at beyond cabin if you head over now to our instagram uh debbie has thrown up well i don't know that this will be debbie has thrown up is the (laughs) (laughs) okay that's that's fair by the time this airs we may have already done that's true that's true good point thank you deb uh head over to our instagram anyway uh which is beyond the cabin in the woods uh and just check out our shenanigans i want to know what debbie has thrown up well, well I'll, I'll go ahead. And, well, I'll go ahead and say what I'm doing this time um, because we may do something similar in the future. Which yeah. right now uh, and today is what is the date? The 23rd. Yeah. Um, on the Instagram, I have thrown up five magazines, <laughs> the five vintage uh, horror magazines. So for the next five people, and I've been who, staring at one of them. Uh, I know. I know. All, all morning. <laughs> I know um, which one you're staring. Yes, at. you are. Yes, so you do. For the next five people who give us a review on iTunes, we will be sending them their choice of you know one of these vintage magazines, um, you know, just kind of as a thank you and reward and such. And so we'll probably do something similar in the future. So even if you don't get in on this one uh, this time, because again, by the time this airs, we'll probably be done with it. Um, one hope. Keep an eye. Yeah, one hope. Keep an eye out for for something similar in the future. Thanks, dude. For sure. Uh, we're also on Facebook, which is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, and you can find uh, all of our previous episodes at beyondthecabininthewoods.com. They're up there. We do have a Patreon, which where you can see us throw down on our roll, poll, and quote. Said that a lot slower this time. And we. The RuPaul. RuPaul. And that will, um, you know, that that 100% support goes back into the podcast, getting things we need, and it's always appreciated. You can also check out our sister podcast and our brother podcast, which is, one of them is Collective Snark. Then we have uh, Once More with Feeling, the 20th anniversary. Uh, Buffy Fancast. Buffy Fancast, thank you. Uh, and then we have The Family Business, which is a supernatural Rewatch, and we are part of the Gummy Cat Network, so definitely check them out. They've got a lot of fun shows, and uh, just show them some love that you've shown us love. GummyCatNetworks.com. Yeah, my Donna said. Meow. Meow. Um. <laughs> and now you don't need to listen to the bumper. Yeah. <laughs> um. Until then, what the fuck am I doing? I'm doing the wrong podcast. I, I don't know. I'm just okay. just like, don't read the Latin. Kiss me, fat boy. You know what horror is.
Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts from podcast people. <laughs>